Well, we are constantly, without being able to turn it off, actually, using the mental tool of choice to either make a decision for freedom, so to speak, or perhaps even bondage on those occasions when we do, it is good, I believe, to have a yearly time like the celebration of our Independence Day to reflect and perhaps even catch a new insight or two into our executive responsibilities for how the law of mind action works in our lives as we each create our own version of reality. So what is it, freedom? Of course, it's an idea. And to the degree this idea is internalized and allowed to be a living, breathing principle at the core of who we know and know that we know ourselves to be, it then becomes woven into the demonstrable fabric of our lives. Even within a prison cell or within a body that isn't mobile, stories are told of individuals who so wonderfully internalize their idea of freedom that they rise into a situation where the majority of people would say is not possible. All ideas carry with them not only a responsibility, but something that resembles what we call a cost as well. You might have read the words of Emmett Fox on our Sunday Bulletin that speak to the idea of applied responsibility. I often enjoy the writings of Fox. He, he has he has a knack of cutting to the chase. What is freedom? The Unity book, the revealing word, defines it as the quality or state of being without thought of restraint, bondage, limitation, or repression, having a sense of complete well-being. It is a result of regulating one's life according to principle, not according to what anyone else might think or say. The Apostle Paul spoke to the idea of freedom as he wrote a letter to the small group of Christians in Galatia. He cautioned them. He said, stand firm, therefore, in the liberty with which Christ has made us free and be not harnessed again under a yoke of bondage. Paul's understanding of his spirituality went through a transformational process. Um, and it's seen if you read what he wrote in the chronological uh, manner with which it happened, starting with uh, uh, First and Second Thessalonians and ending with his letters to Timothy. Today's scripture reference is found within one of the early letters, which uh, later on uh, we have another grouping of letters that he wrote when he was in prison in Rome, and that includes the Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Philemon. Uh, uh, in this last group of writings, we see evidence of Paul's understanding of the word Christ now being transformed from being just a man, meaning Jesus, and now being understood as a principle. In his letter to the group at Colossae, it is recorded, he said, Christ in you, the hope of glory. I, of course, as I often do, I paraphrase scripture, uh, and for me it now reads Christ as you your assurance of glory. If freedom carries a price tag, what is it? What is the cost of freedom? Well, if life is consciousness, and if consciousness always seeks after its kind, the cost of freedom must be our mindful attention to what we are allowing to make the journey from thought to belief 
and then elevated that to a truth, as when we say, but it's true. And in this journey, meaning this eternal one that we are part of, no one can permanently assert anything into it unless on some level we have given our permission or said another way, we have purposefully or unconsciously created a point of identification with it. Said in so many ways, this is unity's message and unity's understanding. Charles Fillmore, co-founder, said that from his understanding, consciousness is the only laboratory within which we work. Expanding, it is like a kitchen where we create new recipes or we rely on old ones. And if only relying on old ones, then we wonder why the food always tastes the same and is never new and exciting. Consciousness is like a research lab where people experiment with different combinations of chemicals and substances seeking a desired outcome that produces a product solution. Or, more often than not, they stumble upon something that has a new and wonderful use that they never even expected. WD-40 was one of those, as well as post-it notes. So consciousness, our consciousness, is the crucible of thought, where we are the CEO, the COO, the CFO, and in all instances, the general manager of the process of choice that results in our world being what it is. Said another way, we are the instruments of the idea of freedom that is at the core of our ability to even make a choice for bondage. Emmett Fox is also credited with the oft-referenced statement, life is consciousness. It is a chapter in one of his books, as well as now in pamphlet form. Paul is purported to have said, Stand firm, therefore, in the liberty with which Christ has made us free, and be not harnessed again under the yoke of bondage. Paul knew of the bondage of which he spoke. He was born into a Greek Jewish family whose lineage could be traced back to the tribe of Benjamin. He was given the name of Saul after the Old Testament king. Like his father, Saul was a Pharisee or a member of a very strict Jewish family. Um, uh, group who were very rigid in their application of the Torah or the oral law. We know him to be very ardent supporter of these very strict, harsh Jewish laws. His view of life was pretty well cut and dried when we know him as uh, Saul. You were either a Greek or you were a barbarian. You were either a Jew or you were a Gentile. And while the Gentiles provided little fodder for his enthusiasm, that cannot be said about the early Christians. Saul was also a Roman. Uh, this was a coveted citizenship uh, that was passed down to him from his father, who was awarded citizenship, uh, presumably for public service. And that served him well later on in his life when he would be able to appeal to Caesar for some kind of a judgment upon what was happening to him. He was present at the stoning of Stephen and totally agreed with the trial and outcome of what happened to Jesus. Then accepting spiritual accuracy, or I should say scriptural accuracy, he requested a mission to go to Damascus 
and take care of business. What business? Well, the converts to Christianity were then operating openly within the synagogues. For the Jewish population was the most receptive to conversion, as in these early times, circumcision was yet a part of the conversion to Christianity. And this had already taken place within the Jewish population, but not so within the Gentile. And it wasn't initially a popular selling point. Join our group, but wait, there is a minor something that must be done first. This has, this has special meaning to guys, I think. Gals, you can ignore it. Unfinished business. Quoting from the book of Acts, still filled with anger and with threats of murder against the disciples of our Lord. Saul went to the high priest in Jerusalem asking for letters authorizing him to go to Damascus and to, in essence, clean out the synagogues. Then it is recorded, of course, you know, that Saul, en route to Damascus, had an, had an experience, had a vision, heard the voice, supposedly, uh, of Jesus, uh, struck blind, was now led as a blind person into Damascus, uh, a person there, Ananias, who was a member of the Christian group, was also given insight that he should go to Paul. And through that interchange, Paul was healed, Paul was baptized, and eventually Paul uh, accepted a new name for himself. Of, 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 of Saul accepted a new name of Paul. Metaphysically, Saul within each of us and at multiple times in our lives represents that state of consciousness where we are reluctant to step out and past old beliefs, specifically ones that we might have even elevated to a truth, into new concepts that while maybe initially are logical and inviting, nevertheless are not embraced for reasons. It's not what people do in my family. It was good enough for grandma, it's good enough for me, or similar. And this can happen within different spaces within our life, but specifically within our spiritual journey. Now the thought of bondage that Paul scripturally referenced in his letter to the group at Galatia, and as Saul himself personally experienced, can be better understood in his statement. He had hindsight. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. And Paul could now see himself within his old Saul persona, very much in bondage to the letter of a very rigid law and practice, yet now as Paul, seeing and acknowledging the message of freedom within the one called Jesus, to be internalized and applied and be not harnessed, he said, to the old. It isn't usually easy to walk point in one's spiritual journey, but almost always the stages of life are filled with emotional ties as changes are made. It is easy to look backward. It is easy to not embrace the new, even if it's more fulfilling. You might remember many here, uh, their first exposure to what is unity, or for that matter, any new thought experience. For some, it became a disruption within family, within friends, and yet at some point there wasn't a going back. Mental freedom is the first space where we must practice. It is the ability to follow our own inner guidance, to explore ideas and concepts that sometimes, and now using our kitchen analogy, 
of consciousness sometimes brings us to things that we find invigorating and other times moments that we just do not want to explore any longer as our emotional response dial indicates uh, feelings and we have learned to trust them. Over the years of ministry, we have explored many different spiritual potential avenues for the enhancement of our journey. We have always attempted to remember to judge by content and never by, uh, never by category as a point of exploration. Freedom is exercised in the ability to learn, to listen, to talk. Uh, long since given up argument or given up trying to debate somebody over this subject. Yet just think how much there is yet in our spirituality to be explored. Our freedom to discover and explore, it just has to be honored and kept a vital part of our entirety. For if we as individuals, as a congregation, as a community, and certainly as a nation, uh, come to the place where it is no longer valued, something is lost. Earlier we said that freedom is an idea, and if not kept alive and well individually, collectively, its opposite, of course, is bondage, or using Paul's words, allowing liberty to erode by not learning to trust the ever-expanding idea of our God-self, here called Christ, and instead accepting various stages of bondage to that which will not and never will serve us. Then we are free to express the idea of freedom more and more throughout the entirety of our life, physically, as we follow the freedom to do what is right and perfect for our bodies, not necessarily what someone else tells us, not necessarily what works for another, but for our own inner guidance. And then we are free to express the idea of freedom in our financial affairs. It may initially sound that this is not possible because of circumstances or other evidence of lack or shortage. But here the idea of freedom is internalized as a choice to no longer allow ourselves to be harnessed to the bondage of beliefs and conversations that speak to lack and shortage. Here we accept that we have the freedom, should we choose to engage it, to place in consciousness, our consciousness, ideas that link our whole being to the truth of the abundant universe that is not capable of being hijacked by circumstance, even by government or condition or thing. And we can do that, if not collectively, individually. And how can I say that in this state right now, in this present day and age? Well, you see, in each and every moment of financial challenge, in the overall economy of this country, there are always those who prosper. And if one can do it or has done it, then the consciousness that allowed that to happen is available to each and all. And if each, all, and any, then why not us? Again, using the kitchen analogy for consciousness, the only thing we need to be mindful of are the ingredients that we use as input, as choices. If we are demonstrating some level of financial supply that isn't to our liking, it is probably because we are continuing to use the same ingredients, meaning the same beliefs, the same conversations. We are stirring around in the same kind of thought processes. 
In other words, we are telling the old story that now really isn't what we want to experience. And computer language, junk in, junk out. We replicate over and over again the same outcome because the ingredients of thought and word remain the same. So what can we do to enhance the direction we give to the idea of freedom? We can exercise our growing awareness that it is important, imperative, what we feed into consciousness through thought and then express as word. We can exercise our growing awareness of our emotions as a gauge that faithfully will tell us if our thoughts and words are focused in a way that will bless us or bring us moments of challenge. And then from a Paul-like awareness, we can certainly be watchful that we are telling the story of, and hence generating the vibrational energy of how we want things to be. Never a Saul-like awareness, giving the majority of our energy into what is wrong, always looking for the rigid approach to life and never have the flexibility to do anything else. Freedom is self-responsibility and the awareness of self-responsibility is our freedom. Consciousness is the only laboratory within where we can work. And like the kitchen analogy, it is our kitchen and we get to choose what ingredients we insert, vibrational ingredients, that then reach out for identifications that become our reality. Freedom is an idea, and I believe that we each have the ability to use the freedom idea to choose and to be more self-responsible. Give thought, if you will, if you, have, if, if you care to, to ways that we, you, I, together, can, can, can enhance our choice of what we put into consciousness, knowing that eventually what we put in there, especially that which we elevate to a truth, will appear in some form within our life and within our experience. You are in the loop. Your life is your experience. My life is my experience. And we need to, we need, need is not the right word. It behooves us to treat ourselves with tender loving care for we are worthy of only that. Thanks for being here today. Blessings to you.